Wednesday morning, I was eating breakfast pretty early and kind of surfing, listening to the news, surfing on the internet and kind of watching the news at the same time on TV. And it was the, the morning that it, it broke in Paris where they went into the newspaper office and killed the people and started the whole kind of terrorist uprising there. And it, for me, it, it just reminded me again that we live in a very broken world. And, but it's also true that you don't have to be over in Europe or Paris in order to experience hardship and struggles and, and loss. You know, I, I think of, when you think of the very circumstances sometimes in our lives, uh, that we get trapped and we struggle and we have to lay it at the feet of Jesus. Um, so I think all of us can recognize that there's uncertainty and, and chaos in our lives. But matter of fact, as, as I was pondering it, I, I think back to a time when I was uh, quite young and we had, Dan and I had decided to move, uh, we, to move from St. Cloud to Vancouver, Washington. And I had gotten done with my schooling there, I had gotten my degree, and, and we had bought a house, and, and so we were able to sell the house, and everything fell in, kind of into place. Uh, Deanna had got a job, a nursing job out in Vancouver, and I was going to, when we got out there, I was going to get my teaching license and just do subbing and seeing if I could get my foot in the door at a school there. And, and everything just was, we were looking and going, okay, God, you want us to do this. So the pre-trip and everything just went very well, but then we got out there. And all of a sudden, things kind of changed a bit in that Deanna's job was much harder than she anticipated. She ended up working in a car, on a cardiac unit, in a cardiac unit, and it was very stressful and um, Deanna, by the way, was pregnant at that time, and, and about a month and a half into her job, she goes into premature labor. And, and they estimate that Bethany would have been about two and a half pounds when, when uh, she went into labor. Um, for me, I, I, there was a hang-up between Minnesota and the state of Washington, and I couldn't get my, my teaching license right away. And I started looking for other jobs, and that was a period in the in the early '80s, late '70s, where where there was just there wasn't any work. I would go to down to the job service, and there was just absolutely nothing to even apply for. And but but I have to admit, as I look back, my attitude changed a bit. Pre-trip, I would say this: Man, we were blessed by God. But then we get out there, and a couple months later, all of a sudden, I begin to doubt and go, God, why are you allowing this? This isn't what we expected. We thought you were blessing us in terms of moving out. Um, but as I pondered that, we realized that sometimes the circumstances depend how we view whether something is a blessing or not. Now, I, I suspect that I don't remember a lot of my thoughts back then. It was a long time ago, but I, I, I'm guessing that there, I was doubting some of God's goodness and, and, you know, had we done something wrong. But here's the challenge, I think. There's, when we begin to doubt and ask why. It's really a very short step 
to come to this belief that says, God's not going to come through for us now. Or he's allowing something in our lives, maybe to punish us, or some other reason on those lines. See, oftentimes the circumstances is where the, the, the chaos and the thinking kind of goes haywire and we begin to doubt, is God really good? And, and I think it really leads to a temptation of how we view God. And if you're following along in the sermon outline there in the bulletin, I said it this way. This temptation is this. We begin to decide that we have a stingy God. Now, if you're new here today, um, the series that we started here a few weeks ago is Your God Too Small. Uh, last week, we actually looked at two small views of God. One, that God is the resident policeman, and that he kind of holds a radar gun out there trying to catch us and, and to see when we're going to goof up. But when you think of a God as the resident policeman, it's really hard to love that kind of a God. And I would say that's a very small God. But oftentimes we flip in the other ditch where we go, okay, our God is a grandfatherly God. He's a permissive grandfather. And God just kind of lets us do anything because he loves us. And you go, no. Uh, that's a very small view of God today as well. So, but, but there's this third thing that we want to dig in today. Another view that I believe is really a small view of God. And so this great temptation that he's a stingy God. But let me show you some synonyms of stingy. As I'm going, okay, what does that mean? And it's this, cheap, close-fisted. Miserly, a penny pitcher, pincher, uncharitable, and that last word, ungenerous. See, the, the, the question when we stop and ask, uh, is there things that surround, that can creep into our thoughts about God that he doesn't, he's not generous toward us, that he's holding something back? Let me throw at you some of the circumstances that I think, or the temptations maybe, to kind of go down that path. The first one I said for your notes is this. We want simple answers to the hard circumstances of life. See, I think for us, asking, why God? It seems like we're blessing here. Two months later, you're not blessing. And all of a sudden, we begin to ask, why? Now, asking why is not a sin. It's a very normal response. But I think it is a place where you can subtly slide and begin to go, is God ungenerous? Is he holding something back? See, I think that's a place where we can start. Let me give you a second one as I ponder this. We begin to travel the path of comparison. See, a belief in a stingy God starts when we begin to look at other people and we compare. Now, normally, we, we rarely compare ourselves to people who have less than us. Don't we normally compare ourselves to those that are doing better than us? We compare our circumstances. We compare the stuff that we have or we don't have. We even can compare our marriages and our families. And I go, that path is a slippery slope that says God is going to be stingy, and ungenerous with me. 
As I was doing some digging there, one author pointed out that that kind of an attitude actually is a form of jealousy. And I think he's right. But let me give you a third one, just a, a circumstances around this issue of our view of God. And, and that at times for us, a stingy God, that belief can be chronic. For some people, it, it's all the time. For some people, it, it's kind of a seasonal thing based on circumstances. And, and for other people, it's just an occasional thing that comes in. But that might be, those categories might fit some people here today. But let me give you a fourth circumstance, which I think is maybe the most crucial in one sense. Number four, I said it this way, we view blessings of God mainly on the temporal level, the earthly level, the tangible things. And it kind of goes like this. We say this, God, you bless me with a new car. Now, when you analyze that and somebody says that to you and you're driving a car that's falling apart at the seams, what do you think? God's blessing them and he's withholding blessings from me? See, that's the the, the opportunity for us to go down that path. Uh, here's one that where I, I've said this oftentimes, and I, I think it's true. You know what? Our church, and for our size, we are blessed to have so many people willing to do worship up front. I don't know if you realize that. And we got an abundance of people that can play instruments. But let me ask you the question. The church down the street that doesn't have any, does that mean that they're not blessed? He's blessing us, and he's not blessing them. He's withholding a blessing from them. Do you see the dilemma that we have? You see, God has blessed us with a nice building, and that is true. But that is a temporal blessing. For example, we up, if you notice, we upgraded our bathrooms. They're open. There's no signs on the door here this week. And in the middle of the study, they were kind of finishing some stuff up there in the in the rooms this this week even. And in the middle, I thought of Kenya. Dan and I have been on a missions trip to Kenya. And on one of the Sundays that I preached over there, the pastor um, comes up to me. And by the way, they're they're in a tin shed for a church, okay, uh, with just benches. There's no backs on their chairs. And uh, but but he says, "Come on, come on!" And, and he takes me out back. And out back of the church, there's this room about 20 feet away or 30 feet away from the church. It's maybe the size of kind of half the size of the stage or so. And he opens up the door, and there was a brand new squatty potty. Now, does anybody know what a squatty potty is? <laughs> Look it up sometime, okay? Uh, but let me ask you this. If you would have come to our restrooms this morning, and rather than high the raised new stools that we got, and we would have had squatty potties, would you have viewed that as a blessing? I don't think so. That would have been a burden for us. You see, the challenge is the temporal blessings are really quite relative. They're really relative. But as I was, again, just thinking about this, even churches, do you realize, begin to compare and to look around and go, hmm, 
you guys, that church has more than we do. I was at a meeting one time where uh, uh, a pastor of another local church in, in Brainerd, they, they, they made this statement. It was referring to the church that I was on staff at. Uh, Liquid had a lot of resources. It was a very big church. And the pastor said this, how do you ever come, how does a church ever compete against the Walmart church? Meaning that Walmart had everything. Our church had everything. And there was this attitude with him where he was comparing, and, but I think he was viewing blessings on a temporal level. And we can get trapped in that. And we can look at another church and say, they have this program, we don't have this program. And we begin to compare and go, they're blessed, we're not. But is that the, do we really believe that God is stingy? Let let me give you some antonyms of stingy that really push us to a bigger view of God. Look at some of them. Bounteous, bountiful. Charitable, free-handed, generous, liberal, open-handed, unsparing, unstinting. See, that's, could we say that? Do we believe that about God? But see, this really pushes us to an understanding of God where we need a big God in the area of blessings. But but this is where I, I think we have to go. Let me put it for your notes, a bigger God. We have a heavenly Father who is a generous blesser. Now, the word blesser is really not a word, okay, if if you see it in word. But our heavenly Father gives us blessings beyond that we even really, I think, realize or even ponder. Do we understand what God has been doing and has done in our lives? Now, here's what I learned this week. We have different kinds of blessings. And on one hand, there are the temporal blessings, the very tangible things, the church building. And even my marriage, folks, is a temporal blessing. It's an earthly blessing. And I need to tell you that the earthly-oriented blessings, the temporal blessings, are not the most important. So here's where we need to unpack. And if you got your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 1. We're going to walk through some verses here because it's so critical because this defines some different blessings that we must hold on to. Look at how it reads in verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God of the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. See, here's the reality. Paul is reminding us that there is profound spiritual blessings in our lives. And I am convinced that we pay far more attention to earthly, to the temporal blessings, than we do to the spiritual blessings. See, there's this truth that the Father has blessed us in the heavenly realms beyond the temporal 
and with spiritual blessings, and they need to be a more powerful reality than any of our temporal blessings. And if we never had a temporal blessing, the spiritual blessing should actually be enough. And they should make us live differently and respond differently. So what I want to do is I'm just going to walk very quickly through the next few verses. And I want to show you what Paul's referring to when he talks about these blessings, these spiritual blessings that he's bestowed upon us. The first one comes from verse 4. Look at how it reads. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him. What's the spiritual blessing there? I said it this way. The Father was thinking of us before we were born and even before time began. We were no afterthought. And can we wrap our heads around that a moment? Before the world was spinning, we were in the consciousness of God. Now, some of your versions might have the word election there. This idea of choosing election, it's a hard concept. It has many ramifications. But guess what? We are to rejoice in it. That God was thinking of us before the foundation of the world. That we were chosen in Christ by the grace of God. And he loved me even though he knew would know all about my flaws my rebellion, all of the things in my life, it was in his thoughts to pursue me. But there's another one, verse 5. Look at this. In love he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. What's the blessing there? The Father has blessed us by bringing us into his family as a son and a daughter uh, some of you have experienced adoption in some form here. But because of love and mercy and compassion, God is now saying, you are my son, you are my daughter, and you're invited into my family, and you have all the privileges of my family now that you're my son and my daughter. And you go, should that not cause a response in our hearts? Is that not a blessing that we need to ponder? Look at another one, verse 6. To the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. I, I said it this way for your notes. The Father shows us favor because of the union of being in Christ. See, this verse reminds us that we are accepted by God the Father. When we received Jesus, we were now reconciled to the Father. And do you remember that at one point in our lives, we were outcasts, we were aliens, we were apart, far away from God? Matter of fact, we were kind of on God's hit list. And all of a sudden, because he, of a union with the Son... All of a sudden he says, you now are now favored by me. Look at another one. Verse 7. In him we have redemption 
through his blood. Now, you need to add this to your notes. Uh, I, I added another one here after this was printed. And I said it this way. The Father has blessed us with freedom. That word redemption really is about freedom. Uh, There's three Greek words in the New Testament that are translated redeemed. And and this particular one, redemption, that's a root word there, means to release a captive after the payment of the ransom price, of the ransom payment. It carries the idea that you would purchase a slave from somebody that was in bondage and you would pay pay them and you would bring them out and go, now you're free. Now you're free. You're no longer a slave to sin. You're free. You're free to pursue righteousness. Do we understand that the blessings of God says we are now free because of what he's done for us? Look at 7b, second part of that verse. For the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. And you notice it said it this way, the Father has blessed us with the forgiveness of our sins. But this is no small blessing. See, we were a people that had fully rejected Christ. We loved our autonomy. We really didn't care about the sin and the things that we did. We were self-lovers. But at the point of salvation, do you realize when that takes root in our hearts, our past sin was forgiven, our present sin, if we're there, we're trapped there, is forgiven, and our future sin is also forgiven. And you go, is that not a blessing from God? Is that not a blessing that we've been, we have freedom? He's paid the penalty for our sins. Look at another one, verse 11. In him, we have obtained an inheritance that having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. I said it this way, our Father extends his blessings into the future even. We have an inheritance. It's down the line a bit. We still haven't gotten it fully yet. And it's far more than heaven. We have a future new family. We have a be- we're going to actually have a better relationship with the Father and the Son. And, and those relationships in the future will far exceed every relationship that we have on earth right now. Our earthly relationships really aren't spiritual blessings. They're a blessing, but not in this context. You know, I I really love my wife, but my earthly marriage will not matter in heaven and the kingdom of God. Marriage ceases to exist. We're going to have something even more profound in the future. And is that not a blessing of God? Look at the last one, verse 13. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. 
I said it this way, our Father has blessed us with the Holy Spirit within us as a seal to guarantee a love relationship with Himself. Christ in us through the Holy Spirit guarantees that the Father will never be abandoning that relationship that He started. We are in Christ. And folks, that's not just positionally. We're in Christ experientially because of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit's been put in us to maintain the bond of the Father that He began in adopting us. Bonded, We are bonded with the Father forever. We're bonded with the Son forever through the Spirit. That is a spiritual blessing. Deanna and I, a couple weeks ago, we were blessed with a new car. A deer took out the other one. But, but as I ponder that, I go, a new car, a blessing, yippee. And I want to go, that blessing pales compared to any of these blessings that I just stated. Maybe I should say, really, that new car is really a pathetic blessing compared to the spiritual blessings. Now, it's a blessing, I understand that. But it really pales. The temporal is the temporal, and the spiritual is forever. Now, let me bring you back to that what you wrote down on your piece of paper. When you look at what you wrote, spiritual or temporal? I'm not going to ask you. But you understand the temptation for us is to stay in the temporal world. And can I tell you that circumstances change and our view of that can change profoundly. But here's what happens. I think there's some responses that take place when we begin to grasp that God has blessed us in the heavenlies with all of these spiritual blessings that, that, that are so much more than the temporal. The first response in your notes, I said it this way, we can develop a heart of gratitude, of thankfulness. And you think back, the key indicator, I think, in believing that God is a good God, that He's a blesser, is gratitude. See, gratitude is really hard to disguise. Because those who truly believe in the goodness of God, gratitude just kind of oozes out of people when God's good. But those who don't believe in the goodness of God, that He's stingy, I think there's that movement toward complaining and grumbling not grateful. But there's another response behind gratitude as well. And let me give you a couple verses that show this. Look at Genesis. It should be 1 verse uh, 1 verse one here. Look how it goes. 12 verse 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And verse 2, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. 
It's the idea that the response of God of blessing Abraham was for a purpose that was more than just Abraham. Is that, that he would become a blessing to the world beyond his family. It would extend to the Gentiles. And that, that blessing is gonna, would be obviously in the spiritual realm. But let me show you another verse, Psalm 67. The first two verses here. This is actually a prayer. It says, May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us, Selah, that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all the nations. So here's a song. They would have put it, a prayer, this prayer was put to a song. And maybe you've heard these words actually in a benediction at some point. But it's saying, God, bless us. But you go, is David really asking for temporal blessings here? I don't think so. Because you look in verse 2, that your way may be known on earth. We are blessed. So God, the Father, and the Son are revealed in this world. See, the spiritual blessings also have a purpose. Way beyond for us just to even feel good and really way beyond even gratitude. There's really a call on our lives because he's blessed us. Well, let me put it for your notes. The Father blesses us so that we would become a blessing to others. We are blessed to bless. And you know, here's as we were thinking of, as I was pondering this for a number of months, even the recognizing God has blessed us, even within this church body, with many temporal blessings. God has been so gracious in terms of people's giving to the church here this past year. Um, by the way, one of the blessings you're going to come in here uh, after a few weeks, and they're going to be brand new chairs in here. And it's going to be, that's a temporal blessing. You know, we were able to expand and add some parking. That was a temporal blessing. Is it good? Yes. But they are not the most important. See, he wants the spiritual blessings to take root in our hearts. And when that happens, we respond in giving the Father glory. We respond by giving him worship. We respond by becoming a blessing to other people. It was at an executive board meeting actually a couple months ago that we were just kind of we were just kind of in awe of going. God has been really gracious to us as a church and some of the things we've been able to do this past year. And it was through a discussion with the executive board and the elder board kind of coming and wrestling and just realizing God has been so good. One of the things, there's a response that we think we need to do. And so here's the desire. We desire that our church family would become a blessing to people beyond the walls of this church. The goal is not just to hold in our blessing, but that we would turn around and be a blessing to the community. And what we've done is that we have put aside, taken out of our church savings account, we've 
we've taken out $2,500. And in this envelope, there's like 13 of up here, 10 or 12 or 13 up here. There's a $100 bill and just a little card that you need to fill out with your name and address and uh, phone number or email address and phone number. But here's what we want to do. We want 13 either individuals or families or husband and wife to use these $100 bills to take these and push them back out into the community. So we as a church want to put some money back out, but we want you to experience the blessing of doing that. And so this is the encouragement that you would take one of these. By the way, this isn't a blessing in Bahamas, okay? This is, this is in our community. Uh, but, but this is, it, it's for you to stop and, and maybe take one and pray and say, God, who in my life or who, what would you bring somebody into my life to be a, tan, a temporal blessing to another person? Maybe to another family. Might, matter of fact, in the first service, just the way it, it went is one of them, immediately we became a blessing to somebody that has nothing to do with the church with that $100. The, the timing was just such where it was a brand new person here and they're going to take it and go with it. So I, I understand we need to become a blessing. Now here's what I would ask you to do is there's that little... Um, piece of paper in there. We want you to fill that out, and I want to keep that. You can drop it in the offering box back there. And the reason that we want to do it is that we want, it's not for accountability, it's that we want to hear how God has used this in your life and your family's life to be a blessing, because when we bless, God blesses us back. But we want that testimony to be a blessing to our congregation that we can use on a Sunday morning. And what we're doing is we're going to do video interviews. And the first round is set up for January 30th. So you need to be done by January 30th of using this money to become a blessing. And we're going to be interviewing you and using some of that on a Sunday morning. It's just a process of just saying, God has been so good. We want to testify to his blessing in our lives in that way. But we also want to do one other thing. And number two, this is it, is as a church family, we want to celebrate the spiritual and the temporal blessings from God. And so there's a date that I need to have you, that you need to put it in your calendar if you've got a phone right now, if you're going to write it on the bulletin and, and do it at your calendar on the refridge, whatever. Sunday night, February 22nd, we are going to do an event that's going to celebrate God's faithfulness and, and celebrate his blessings to us as a church. Now, we haven't worked out all the details. There's a few people that are starting to work on this. And, and so understand, but that's, it saved the date. That Sunday night, we are going to thank God, and we're going to celebrate. Israel, every three years, through a big party, a celebration, just be, and remembering that God was good, that God is faithful. And that's what we want to do here as well. But I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. And as they're coming up, um, a couple of things here. One, respond as, as, you, as the words are sung. Sing to God. Thank him. Give back to him. 
But, but the second one, maybe you're a, a person as well who, you know what, you don't need the hundred, but you have a hundred that you know that you could use. Or maybe you want to take this and double it. That one person decided to do that in the first service. And you might want to participate and just let us know that if you're, if you're doing a blessing to somebody else and being intentional, we want to hear about that. But you could do that on your own. Deanna and I are going to do that on our own. Uh, but but we, want to, we want to celebrate God's goodness, his faithfulness, and his spiritual blessings in our lives. And when you bless somebody, recognize that it is the pathway, it can be a pathway this temporal blessing through this $100 might be the doorway where they experience the spiritual blessings. They may be introduced to a God who loves them, who cares for them. So I would invite you, as we sing, there's the envelopes up here. Uh, when they're gone, they're gone. Uh, but we would invite you to come up and take one if you would like to participate with us. And I would encourage you, we want all of them to go, to be that money to be pushed into the community here in some form and to bless people. But let's stand and let's respond and sing, and sing with a heart of gratitude, and let's give God praise.